Hi, Jax. Hey, Jax. Hello, Jax. Hey, Jax, I have a question for you. And I'm just wondering about... I wanted to ask you about... Uh, I have a question for you. I have a question about the history of porn. Jax here. Welcome to this week's Thorny Issues, the podcast where I answer those thorny questions that you send in, normally about sex and relationships, looking for a little bit of advice from someone who promises not to judge you. At least I haven't judged anyone yet. I'm sure someone will send in a real douchebaggery of a question at some point and I'll really have to... (laughs) Keep it together to not judge them. But in general, this is a judgment-free space. Come one, come all. Everybody is welcome here. Last week, I kicked off the show talking a bit about my mental health and how addressing my mental health had really saved me and opened me up to new situations and spaces. But when I went back and listened to it, I realized that I told you a bit of a story about why I realized I needed to address my mental health, but I never actually sat there and discussed the positives that had come from going to therapy, understanding who I am and how I tick and what works for me. And that feels a bit silly. This is an advice podcast, yet I never gave you the end of the story. And I apologize for that. I found sometimes with these intros, I don't really like to write them out. I like to just sort of let my mind wander. But what I have learned since COVID is I don't always finish thoughts like I used to. (laughs) So I'm going to start jotting down a few more notes for my introductions. And I had a very good friend message me. I I told her I was feeling very vulnerable about what I said last week. And she was like, you managed to say a lot of words and not actually give us too much information. So I'm winning there. But I do want to address what having taken charge of my mental health has done for me and the positives it has given me going forward. So to start with, I am more confident to go after what I want. I am braver. I am more honest with how I approach my life. And this is in all aspects. This is in love, life, friendship and work. And a huge part of being more confident and a little braver and much more honest is I am so much more comfortable in my body. It's the only one I have. I am learning to love and respect it. I don't love it all the time. I don't hate it. I used to hate my body. I'm a curvy woman. I do not look like many of my friends. And it used to really upset me. But I have managed to find a comfortable contentment and confidence within that. And that has really helped with my sexual mental health. Because it has allowed me to feel so good within my body that it takes a lot for someone to to shake me from that. And it means that when I show up in a relationship or in any sort of sexual encounter, I am myself. I'm not hold, I used to hold on to my belly all the time or sort of try and lie in very uncomfortable positions so that you wouldn't see that I got thighs. I've got great thighs. They're strong as fuck, but also they're sexy as fuck. And I feel great in this body. And that's something that I have to work on every day not every day. That is something that I have to work on from time to time. And there will be moments where I'm shaken because I'm not a size zero and I'll look at what's going on in Hollywood and I'm not going to talk about Azempic, but I am going to mention that I really think that that is not doing a lot for people's mental health. 
to be prescribed a way that we should be looking. But I feel good and comfortable and confident. And that's what came from addressing my mental health. Last week I said, mental health is health. I will take that one step further and say, sexual health and well-being is mental health. When I talk about sexual health on this podcast, I'm not talking about making sure you go get tested so that you avoid having STIs, how to put a condom on a banana, how to not get someone pregnant or get someone pregnant. We never got the sex ed that we needed or deserved. And if we look at what's going on in the world, especially south of the border from me right now, any sort of sex ed that was out there is now definitely being rolled back and taken away. And so when I talk about sexual health being part of our mental health, I'm talking about feeling safe and comfortable within your body. What is enthusiastic consent? How can we connect with another human? What does intimacy mean to you and to your partner or to people that you want to be around? How does being confident and comfortable and happy and healthy in the bedroom make you a stronger, happier, more content and well-rounded person. And that is the goal that I have here on this podcast. I want us to have the sex ed we deserve. I want to create a space where you feel your most confident, comfortable, sexiest, adventurous self. And that's it. You know, short, simple (laughs) mission statement. It's not going to be tricky for us to do this at all. But if I need to get a little vulnerable from time to time, and apparently I can feel very vulnerable without telling you guys anything, so that's great for me, then that is what I will do. I want to create this happy, healthy, safe space for all of us. We've got a couple of great questions on this week's podcast. I smile the whole way through them. They're really positive, happy questions. We don't have anyone being a dick. There's no cheating. There's no lying. There's no fear of bad orgasms. And that's not to say I don't enjoy the other ones. (laughs) I really do. I like them all. But it was nice to have a couple of sort of like, fuck yeah, let's be exploratory and try new things kind of questions. Enjoy it. Let me know what you think. I always love hearing from you. As you know, you can contact me through the website, thornyissues.ca. I look forward to hearing from you. Enjoy the show. I'll speak to you at the end. Hi, Jax. My boyfriend and I have been together for three years and our sex life is really great. We go to sex parties. We've had threesomes in the past. We've done some role play. Generally, we're very open and experimental. So last month, we actually tried pegging for the first time. We had already been talking about it for ages. Uh, We went online, picked all the gear together, and we were both really excited about it. Uh, My partner was pushing the idea, but I was really into it too. So when it actually came to doing it, I felt really awkward. I felt like I was going to hurt him and I just really felt unsure about what I was doing. It took a bit of time. We did find the right position and we figured it out. I thought it was really awesome and he seemed to love it too. Later that night, he seemed a little bit moody and off. And so I asked him if he enjoyed it. He said yes, but then he changed the subject. And every time I've tried to bring it up since then, he says he doesn't want to talk about it. We've never had problems talking about sex in the past, and so I I don't really know what I did wrong. 
he did seem to enjoy it at the time. And I'm wondering if maybe that's part of the problem. I really loved it. I want to try it again. The feeling of power and control was something completely new to me. And seeing him that vulnerable and open made me feel so close to him. I told him that I really liked being with him that way. And I told him how hot he was, but he won't tell me anything about how it was for him. So what do I do? Should I keep pushing the subject? Should I just leave it? I feel like there's this big elephant in the room and I really just miss the close communication with my boyfriend. Hey, thank you so much for this question. I've been smiling the whole way through, even though your experience wasn't exactly how you had hoped it would be, because you and your boyfriend clearly have such fun together normally in the bedroom. It sounds like you have open communication, you've explored all sorts of things together. And this to me is such a wonderful space to be in in a relationship. So I'm really happy that you two are there. And because you were there and because this is something that you had talked about together, I think there's just a couple of bits that maybe you can work on that will mean that you can hopefully get back to pegging your boyfriend, your boyfriend will enjoy it and you can get past the elephant in the room and you can get the closeness in your relationship back. So if I sound like I'm smiling, I am. I feel you two are in an incredibly healthy spot to be in. You just had a little mishap. I'll do a quick 101 on pegging for anyone who hasn't heard the term before. The term was coined in 2001 by Dan Savage and his listeners when they were looking for a term to describe a woman anally penetrating a man with a strap-on dildo. Lots of men enjoy it. Lots of women enjoy it. Lots of people enjoy it. Let's start there. But there was a real stigma around the term anal sex. And so a different term was coined to make those heterosexual men feel slightly more comfortable. But now pegging is a term that is used much more liberally. It's not just used for a woman anally penetrating a man. It's really for any gender fucking anyone else up the ass with a dildo. That's pegging. So on with the question. There are definitely a few reasons your boyfriend could be shutting down a little. I recommend easing off the pressure of needing to talk about it right now. But when you do broach the topic, broach it with kindness and curiosity and be open. Start with a line such as, I noticed we haven't spoken about it since we did it. Are you okay? Where are you at? Keep your mind open. There are some reasons that your boyfriend could be having the reaction that he's having. To start off with, pegging is intense. There's varsity level play here, physically and emotionally. Being penetrated is a lot. Anal sex can feel a lot more intimate and a lot more intense than vaginal penetration. And from the conversations that you and your boyfriend have had, it sounds like this is the first time he has been penetrated. It's a different feeling and he's possibly getting used to it. And my brain straight away went to the fact that I think maybe you started too big in the world of pegging. And that's not to do with the size of the dildo. I don't know what size you bought. But you said that this is the first time you have done this. Did you do any other play on any other night around his ass? Anything at all to see are these things that he really enjoys? There are so many things that you can do with anal play that aren't just strapping on a dildo and fucking someone. And I feel maybe you've gone from birth of an idea to sprinting away with it. And there's this whole crawl, walk, jog, run before you even get to the sprint. And there's so much fun within that. So I think maybe you just went too big, too quick. Take it back down a step. Ease him back into it. Have you used butt plugs before? 
Have you used your finger before? Make sure whenever there's any anal play, you are using lots and lots of lube. The ass does not lubricate itself. It needs lube and it needs more lube than you think it needs. Have fun. Get slippy and messy down there. It's all good. You mentioned that at first it felt awkward, you were unsure. And part of that could be to do with this is new for both of you. There are all sorts of butt plugs or butt toys that you could buy to start to enjoy play together that isn't just a big dildo that you're going to fuck him with. I have found anecdotally from men that I have dated that sometimes their eyes are a little bigger than their stomachs. (laughs) I've not been putting them on their stomachs, but in the sense that we see something and we're like, oh, I can take that. That's big enough. It's like when you go to a buffet and you fill up your plate and then you go, do you know what? Didn't need all of that. This isn't going to fit. We don't have to go with the biggest to have the most fun. There are so many reasons that men enjoy butt play. And one is that the prostate is right there. And that can be referred to as the male G-spot. It's a real fun thing to play with, to help a guy come. And prostate play is really fun when you know what you're doing. There are butt plug training kits that come in different sizes. You can start with a small one, you can work your way up to something bigger and bigger. You could start using something like this, or there are some fantastic sort of prostate massages that are wonderful with uh, vibrations on them that guys seem to enjoy. And you could start with a little bit of butt play that isn't going to end in you fucking his butt to start with. Pop a toy up there and then maybe have him fuck you or maybe suck his dick or go and do something else together, but get him used to that kind of play. Is that something that he actually enjoys? So that's my first thought that perhaps you just went a little big, a little quick, and you were a bit awkward about it, and he was a little awkward about it. And one of the things with butt play that I will, sorry, I should have said much earlier when talking about toys, always make sure you have a toy with a flared base. Butts like to suck stuff into them, and you don't want to be those people in the emergency room who are going to be a doctor's conversation the next time he goes out for dinner. Don't be those people. Our emergency rooms are already so, so full. Let's not create situations that we need to go to hospital so nice flared base make sure you have that on any toy that's going up your butt next up I wanted to talk about how hormones change during kinky sex. Well, hormones change during sex anyway. We get highs of oxytocin and dopamine and adrenaline, and these can really peak. And the kinkier the sex act for you and your partner, the higher that these levels of oxytocin and dopamine can be. But what also happens is if you experience a high, afterwards you experience a severe low, And from this, our bodies can unearth some subconscious shame. We can experience anxiety. We can experience all sorts of mixed emotions after intense play. And this will have been intense play for you and your boyfriend. It's the first time you did it. Like I said, it's a pretty varsity sex act. And the feelings of shame that can come up, unfortunately, due to the outdated messages in society and incredibly unhelpful gender norms around sexuality and what it means to be gay or a man or a woman, can start to sort of play with his mind and his subconscious could be holding on to some ridiculously unhelpful messages, even though consciously he knows that he had consensual sex but with his girlfriend and the feelings he had are valid and it was healthy subconsciously he might be having a bit of a problem with this you never mentioned aftercare did you do it 
for those not in the know, aftercare is something that is practiced a lot in the kink community, but I personally feel should just be practiced in every loving sexual relationship. Aftercare is time that you take after play together. If you've been in a sex play where maybe someone has had more power than the other and the dynamics need to come back to normal, normally aftercare is a good snuggle in bed. It naturally develops closer and more intimate bonds and it helps when those hormones drop. It helps you feel loved, it helps you feel cared for and aftercare isn't always for the person who has been submissive or has been fucked or has had the act done to them. It's really to sort of bring you together. I know many dominant people who love aftercare. Aftercare is really that moment that they can check in, that they didn't go too far, that they didn't upset or play past the boundaries, but also they need to come out of their dominant space just as other people need to come out of their submissive space. Aftercare, especially after a new sex act together, is so key and it doesn't sound necessarily like you did it you might have done you just might not have mentioned it but it really can help with those mixed emotions that come up afterwards and I mentioned dominance and submission there a little bit because you said in your question that you really enjoyed pegging your partner and part of that was feeling power and control it sounds like it was a real turn on for you, which is awesome. And I wonder if that's something that you might want to explore a little bit more. But it also makes me wonder, how was that role reversal for your boyfriend? Is he sexually submissive? Or when you normally play together, is he more dominant? Do you switch off who's in charge? Do you have a much more equal powered relationship? If this is the first time that he's had to fully give himself up to you, put his satisfaction and potential non-satisfaction into your hands and really submit to you, he could also be grappling with what that means. What does that mean in the dynamics in your day-to-day relationship? Is that going to change how you fuck when you're not pegging him? And he could really just feel a little off-footed here and maybe just needs a bit of a rebalance maybe this is something that you could do for him. Let him take control somewhere. If you want to do it in the bedroom, that sounds great. There's lots of ways that you could be slightly submissive to him or just in some day-to-day decision-making completely out of the bedroom. What does he want for dinner? What movie does he want to watch? This could just help him get some confidence back and again, readdress that balance that clearly shifted when you did this act. Once he starts having that confidence back, hopefully you can then address this when you chat with him. But it definitely sounds like a bit of a shift from what you've been doing previously. Take a breath. Allow him to come to you. I hope that you are still being intimate in other ways. And if you're not, you can address it in that way. I've noticed since I pegged you, you haven't wanted to be close to me anymore. Is there something we can do about this? As I always say, never ever have these conversations in the bedroom. Do not have them before sex. Do not have them after sex. Your bedroom, your home, it's your safe sexual space together. Have these conversations when you're out and about. When you're driving, when you're walking, sat next to each other at a bar. I love the side to side. I say it every time we have a question about communicating with partners. It allows you to listen without having your partner judging your reactions and without you judging their reactions. It gives you a safe space to process and it isn't so emotionally charged. And you want to take all of the emotional charge out of this. So pop the dildo away 
go order some butt plugs, start there. Start with a nice massage, make him feel super comfortable. Use lots of lube, maybe just start with your fingers. Don't even use the toys and good luck. I hope it goes well for you. Hey Jax, Bi Guy here in my 40s. I recently came out of a long-term monogamous relationship and I've decided I want to start exploring non-monogamy. How do I explain this new outlook to the people closest to me in my life? Is there a way I should be expressing what is new to me when I'm meeting people and dating as they're potentially going to be more experienced than I am? What are your thoughts? This is awesome. I am so excited for you. I found it's natural when a part of our life ends to look back at maybe what was missing and it creates an opportunity for us to try something new, to learn, to grow. And you, my friend, are about to go on a fun new adventure and I am so psyched for you. Nervousness is never a bad thing, but I want to make sure that what you're feeling right now stays as nerves and maybe excitement rather than falls down any sort of potential shame wells or embarrassment. Ethical non-monogamy or polyamory or being monogamish or being open isn't for everyone and perhaps some of your current friends won't understand to start with, but I really hope they meet you where you're at and they meet you in a judgment-free, fully excited, supportive space. And if they don't, you have a very supportive, non-judgmental podcaster right here who says, fuck yes, go for it. Your friends might have a lot of questions. People are very intrigued by relationships. We all love a bit of gossip. And having someone say, do you know what? I think I'm going to explore either my bisexual side or my non-monogamous side. People are probably going to be very intrigued by that. Your friend's might enjoy hearing all the so-called taboos of it all and so long as you don't feel like you're being gawked at like some sort of circus performer I say enjoy it talk to your friends about how you're feeling if you've known them for a while they will be such a great support for you but what else is going to be a great support are the people that you're going to meet because people that you meet and date within the open setting will be on this journey themselves and will have either had the conversations with their friends or chosen not to have the conversation with their friends and you'll be at different points along this sort of similar journeyed road. Personal growth can be quite daunting to start with. What I really hope you discover quickly is how many other people are out there embarking on it and how great it is to meet them and to talk about it. You're likely to find the non-monogamous folk that you chat with and potentially date. They've all been where you are. They might still be working it out. They might 100% know what they're looking for. There is beauty in both of those options. There's beauty in getting to explore new things with new people. One of the great things about non-monogamy is it looks different to everyone and you now get to explore and work out what does it look like and what does it mean to you. And then when you meet new partners, what does it mean to you together? Some things are off limits for one couple are totally in bounds for another. You get to figure out the rules. You, my friend, get to decide your destiny. This is so fun. Another great thing I've found from people I've met in open relationships is they are normally much more honest and clear communicators. You have to be when there is more than one person's emotions involved. I call it emotional admin. We all have to be aware of the people that we're playing with. 
And what I hope for you is that you also learn to be honest and clear and transparent with your communication, with your potential new partners, with your friends, and most importantly, with yourself. If you are unsure about something, say. If you are uncomfortable, speak up. If you don't know an acronym, because my gosh, there are a lot of acronyms, Google it or ask someone. Make sure that you are feeling safe and cared for all the way along this journey and you'll figure out what works for you. Enjoy exploring it. And as I've said, and I'll say it again, most importantly, be kind and honest with yourself. You're on a journey right now, one that has the potential to be so very emotionally fulfilling. Take it at whatever speed is best for you. Be gentle. I really hope your friends are there to support you. You don't need them to answer your questions. You just need them to be supportive and non-judgmental as you figure it out. And I really hope they are that to you. So go forward with honesty and transparency and have a really great time. That's it for this week's show. It's been a really positive one. Both those questions made me smile a lot. So thank you very much to the listeners for sending those in. And if you would like to send in a question, you just need to go to the website, thornyissues.ca. Go to the submit a question tab and all of the information is there. If you don't feel comfortable reading your question aloud and having your voice on air, you can write a question in and I will ask one of my wonderful, wonderful friends to read it out. So please get involved. Let me know whatever thorny questions you have. If you have enjoyed this episode, please like the podcast, rate it, review it, maybe forward it to a friend. Let's expand the Thorny Issues universe and get more and more people listening. And if you really liked it and you would like to contribute financially, you can go to coffee.com slash thorny issues. I will spell that for you. That is ko-fi.com slash thorny issues. You can buy me a coffee there. Imagine that while you're listening to the podcast, we're sat together having a coffee and I am shelling out all this advice to you. Maybe you don't need this particular advice, but I always appreciate your support. And you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Thorny Issues. I hope you are having a good week and you are looking after yourselves and I will speak to you soon. Stay safe, be good, be kind and go have fun. It's fall. Go do naughty things by a fire. Your favorite podcaster told you to. All right. Bye.